0: Love Life, featuring your hosts Rebecca Detman and Jane Dunn. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. Welcome to Love Life, your weekly sex, love and emotional relationship show with Rebecca Detman And I'm Jane Donovan. And we're talking today about the phenomenon of women who love too much. Now, there was actually a book that was written about this many years ago by Robin Norwood, who had worked with many, many, many women in America um, as a therapist, as a psychologist for many years. And she came, she started to really notice a phenomenon among certain types of enabling women. Jane often talks about enablers and I'm sure she'll talk about this in a minute. It's women who generally come from extremely abusive um, or very empty, hollow, lonely households where there's a lot of problems with mum and dad. It might be domestic violence, usually alcoholism, sex abuse, things like that. And When they grow up and they go out in the world and then look for a mate, they tend to find men who have so many problems because the girls, when they were growing up at home, they like to be the fixers. They like to feel like they were fixing things. So if mum was alcoholic, passed out on the couch, they'd get the dinner on and look after younger brother and sister. Or if dad came home angry, stomping his feet, looking for a fight, they'd make sure that everything stayed quiet. And if they just got good grades, everything would be okay and mum and dad won't leave each other. So when they grow up, they get into these relationships where they're absolutely sacrificing everything and just on tender hooks all the time for partners who are drug addicts, Alcoholics often incarcerated, and they will do absolutely whatever it takes to maintain the facade that everything's fine and keep absolutely
1: slaughtering themselves in in the sake, of, you know, in the name of a, of somebody who's really not fixing themselves because they're addicted to the pattern. Jane, they are often very much present as a people pleaser, although there are plenty of people pleasers that don't fall into this category, and they are very much needed. So to them, love equals. I am needed. Correct. And so, you know, what I'm always looking for when I'm, I'm trying to help people to have happier relationships is that what is their love blockage? And often that is what is love equals? What's the statement? And so for many people, it can be love equals approval. Love in this case, love equals being needed and can border on being approved as well, approval. That's right. Um, you
0: know, and of course, this again goes back to early patternings in childhood because if the way that they did feel love or value was, um, you know, when they looked after a parent, like they had to be the parent often. Uh, and then so they grow up becoming a nurse, a carer, or they find a man who needs to be cared for and they get their emotional hit through again, still acting out that role. Um,
1: I had an interesting, uh, little love equals moment oh. in my journey of development. And I came across with Love Equals Approval, and it was my nine-year-old distorted view. I had an opportunity. I was a, a little dancer, and I had an opportunity to audition for something way before I should have. I was given an opportunity purely for the experience and ended up getting into this particular national team. And I remember the moment that I walked in the door and my parents were beside themselves. They could not believe that I got in and they were excited. And And I had this distorted little voice in my head that said, ah, feel the love, feel the love. And I then went, approval equals love. Now, my parents were beautiful parents who I was filled with love. However, my little distorted mind made that statement and there started my journey of seeking approval because I felt that was love. So that then led into the dance career, that led into cheerleading, that led into being a choreographer, that led into specialising in sports entertainment where I saw lots of girls that had love equals approval or love equals being needed and I witnessed the sports groupie groupies let's it, talk about groupies you want to talk about groupies fans?
0: now groupies and fans and th- this is another extension is it's a different sort of thing but it's the same phenomenon but we're women, going around in a circle we now we we'll have to come back to the other and we will but women who love too much and women who need approval or need that emotional hit through a way that's slightly
1: unhealthy or it's not quite balanced correct it yes i was going to get into the funny fun stories you go because, on. you know i know people want to know about that when i've been on the road traveling with various different sports teams jumping on Look, it is interesting because there has been so much, and I'm sure there will continue to be so much in the Australian media about various sports stars that have got themselves in trouble, or various women that have got juicy gossip that they're going to post on Facebook and go to the media with. And it, it is a really interesting topic. My observations have been through, and I know there'd be so many people squirming right now, thinking, "Please don't tell this story. Please don't tell that story." So I'm not doing any names. That there has always been high profile athletes of various different codes and I've worked with um with football, soccer, basketball, gridiron, rugby, cricket, tennis, all sorts of different sports, Formula One drivers, etc. And it is everywhere. It is where these beautiful girls are seeking out the validation of their worth by scoring somebody with a high profile that nearly everybody would want to date. Because if I get him If I get to date him, if I get to have a relationship with him, it sends a clear message out to the universe that look at me, look at my worth, I am worthy. And are they happy to put up with what could, if it eventuates, be a really
0: awful relationship to maintain that facade?
1: Often, often, yes. But they've got to get to the relationship. I mean, there's two levels of groupies. There's the groupies that uh, are happy to just be in the moment and they'll have that one night and they know that's it. And there are those that will try for the girlfriend material. Now, both are hoping to be the girlfriend material, but they go about it in different ways. And so we'll start with the girls and then we'll get to the guys after, all mm, right? because yeah. there's, there's the flip side of it too of what's going on in the athlete's mind that places them in such a vulnerable situation. Yes. And so the girls will start off with, you know, they meet this charming guy and it's usually in a nightclub or somewhere like that afterwards and there's alcohol involved and there's friends around and there's, girlfriends that are egging them on going oh my god he's into you i can't believe he's into you you're so lucky oh there we do we did that podcast there's that word again lucky lucky and uh and you know in that moment you've got somebody that the whole nightclub is staring at that everybody wants to be next to that the guys want to be having a drink with and the other girls want to be the one that's getting the attention but you're the one getting the attention and it feels fantastic So of course you want to go, you want to go with that. You want more of that. It's very validating. And so then your behavior will become whatever it takes to keep him focused on you. Whatever it takes. Is it matching him scotch for scotch at the bar, throwing down shooters or whatever and drinking? Is it about getting on the dance floor and being the most erotic dancer that you can be on the dance floor? Is it about trying to make all of his friends laugh? And dare I say it at the risk of sound of looking like the girl that is happy to take on the whole team. And I've seen that. I've seen the group sex scenario occur. It's whatever it takes for this person that is admired by so many to be holding the focus on me.
0: And can I just say at this juncture, when Jane talks about when something like that, something really external gives you a fantastic feeling, my biggest challenge for anyone is, Can you sit alone at home in your bedroom and conjure up states of joy and ecstasy and fantasticness all by yourself? Because if you don't know how to arrive at any of those feelings by yourself, you are going to be chained to the rest of your life, to other people and events, constantly searching, needing, looking for other people to fill up that love tank for you
1: or that whatever tank that is. Um, and we've got to get really consciously aware about that. That's beautiful what you've said because actually that was my story was that I was continually in my – it was more about my career and the audience could never get big enough. You know, it just—I just needed more people. I needed a higher-profile contract. I needed more. You know, yes, I'm doing this now. Wow, isn't that fantastic? Because if it's not coming from I, the source, if it's not coming from your core, it never will be enough. And do you know what? Even
0: when it is big, like Jane said, you want it bigger because you won't even trust it. You won't even believe it. Yeah, but it would have been better if there were more of them, or it would have been truer if he'd said it. You know, more of it, or like you yes, just right. always looking for
1: that next hit because it's so shallow. And it is, and it is the next hit. Absolutely, it's an addiction like any other addiction. So, what do you? think are good tools to help wait a minute oh. second second set of group didn't we just do first set of groupies and, oh, and then okay. second level groupies oh the, the girlfriends. girlfriends the girlfriends yeah okay so they'll play it a bit cooler and they will normally be physically very very beautiful however they so they will be passive aggressive usually they will be very good at being able to manipulate themselves to be in the right place at the right time in a very in a more classy way if you are the observer from here, they will do everything in their power the second that, that that athlete's back is turned to get rid of any potential competition. It's dog-eat-dog. Dog. It's very, very fast and furious and passive-aggressive to its maximum this level. A really ugly side of women, isn't it? It is. It is. It's very, I used to break my heart. I used to spend years and years talking to these different women and trying to get them to see a different way of living Mm -hmm. It was so sad and it becomes very much a cycle and to the point where I would actually end up seeing the same women at various different codes like, you know, whereas I I would be at at six different sporting events in a week working and I would see them in the VIP bars at six different sporting events, you know, seeing how they can go about scoring one of these and it's anyone. Please love me, anyone. I'll take any of you. I just need you to be a high profile. That's all I need. I know this
0: sounds so pop psychology, but I just want to say, what is your relationship with your father like? <laughs> I mean, really, what kind of love did these girls
1: get at home? To be throwing themselves out to complete strangers. This is where you started, you know, when you were talking about the women that love too much because they've had the toxic relationships at home that they've got no role modelling. They don't understand what beautiful love is. So actually I have asked my own question. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So, but then, you know, let's touch on the guys because the guys are suffering from the same thing. I mean, like attracts like. That's how the universe works. It's the law of attraction. So why is it that these guys are drawn to these women? And let me start by saying, true, this is not everyone. I was privileged to meet some amazing athletes that have beautiful partners, gorgeous relationships, and, and you know, many of them, their wives are now friends of mine. And And so there are certainly many exceptions to this. However, we do have... A lot of athletes that are falling into the front pages of the paper and picking with the penis. Scam, so, oh. yes, yeah, a little bit of that too. But where this is coming from isn't so much that the guys are leading with the penis, they actually are leading with their career in that for many athletes from a very young age, they may have been identified from as young as, well, 10 or 12. Well, I know my brother who played, um, uh, football, Aussie rules football, uh, professionally. I mean, he was earmarked at 10 years old as being a kid to continually watch from the, the district level and then you get into, you know, your state level, etc. And for many of his teammates, they were all marked from very young ages and given opportunities to be playing professional football from around the age of about a few of them were 15, many of them were 16 or 17 years old. That is incredibly young to be thrown into the limelight to be given money for doing what they love doing and they'd be doing for free anyway, to be into a culture where they now need to fit in with their heroes. The same kids that five years ago were collecting the autographs are now their teammates. You know, there's some really interesting dynamics that go on here. When you've got a, um all-Australian footballer that has been at the top of his game for 10 years Now the kid that, so he's now late twenties and the kid that's now 17 or 18 years old, that's his teammate was seven or eight years old when he was first starting to be this massive hero. There's weird dynamics going on here. That younger child is now wanting desperately the approval of the older boys in the team. You know, oh my gosh, I've got a man up now. I have to be a man next to my hero. And there is a culture. There absolutely is a culture of how to fit in that needs to change, and I know that a lot of the uh, professional clubs, like the NBA, uh, NBL clubs, the basketball clubs, the AFL clubs, the rugby clubs, I know that they're all working very hard behind the scenes. Management are bringing in good psychologists and therapists and counsellors and coaches to help transition from young to fitting into the team culture and doing it in a healthier way. There's also been some really great leaders within clubs, the, the captains of the various different clubs that are really helping to take these younger kids under their wings and saying, you don't need to be picking up a different girl every night of the week. You don't need to be going out and writing yourself off with alcohol motorbike that just went past sorry about that with alcohol you know you don't need to post season be popping pills and getting into the massive party and you don't need to be gambling heavily to be fitting in with the culture but that culture has been there for a long time and it's taking a long while for that to leave the part of this also comes from the child who has been validated for being really good at kicking a football or bouncing a basketball or tackling in rugby or whatever the code is, hitting a cricket ball, hitting a tennis ball. Although tennis is less likely because it's more of an individual sport. And so when these young people have been validated on one area extremely strongly and not on every other area of their life, Their sense of self-worth is that this is what I'm good at. Now, I'm lucky that I'm actually very, very good at it, and I'm lucky that I'm going to be able to make a career out of this. However, there isn't the balance of worth, so they often actually have very, very low self-worth. This is so interesting. This is really interesting, Jane. It is, and it's really nice to be able to hear the boys' perspective of what's going on. This is really important because the boys are not going to tell this story because they are public figures already. And so although having said that, I was at the Hay House I Can Do It conference last year and there was, i apologies to the footy fans, I'm actually not good at remembering stars' names unless I've worked with them. So this guy was a player, I believe a very high-profile player for one of the AFL clubs and he actually got up and spoke his story about how spiritualism and connecting to his intuition changed his life and how he was able to save his younger sister from a very traumatic toxic relationship so we're starting to see these wonderful sportsmen with leadership qualities get up and tell their backstories Mm -hmm. and this is what's so important because as more of this is spoken of we will start to see these stars as who they are which are incredible beautiful human beings with rich life experience and vulnerabilities the same as all of us have that happen to be incredibly talented in one particular area right and Okay, so you might be wondering um, how we've tried to marry these
0: two topics together, almost. Which you know, I started out talking about, um, you know, people who come from really traumatic backgrounds, and and I did say girls, but it, this can flip; it can be the boys as well. Okay, totally, uh, and, absolutely, yeah, and and and, and the type of people that they get then go on to marry, and and often sacrifice years of their life with a partner who is. Alcoholic, or in jail, and all kinds of stuff like that, and they will consistently sacrifice, sacrifice, let themselves be walked all over because they're still playing out the same childhood. All you know, they, they know that's all they know how to do, so that's what they're doing. And then on the other hand, over here we've got the groupies, so the low, low, low self-worth stuff, where people are looking to very publicly um, get, uh, you know, a, a larger, more public validation or that hit of what they perceive to be approval, self-worth. Um, acceptance and those sorts of things but of course the similarity that brings these two worlds together is it's the toxicity of the relationships one can be very public and one may be much more private but the patterns are identical because they're looking for a mate who can feed the cycle or the drama that these people are operating on to get their
1: emotional hits right Jane yes what do we do about it Well, it all comes back to self love, doesn't it? Because, you know, we've got the two games. We've got the inner game and the outer game. So the outer game is by starting to identify that is this you or do you know someone you love who this could potentially be then? It is about having a look at what is it that I'm really wanting to achieve externally here? How could I be doing this in a more healthy way? And at the same time, what is it that I can be doing within me to bring my own validation up in my own eyes so for example if it's the if it's the footballer that's saying you know I really need the really pretty girlfriend because everybody's got to have the pretty girlfriend is it about what if I were to have the girl that actually makes me feel really good about me and it doesn't actually matter so much about what the other guys think which may necessitate finding out who you really are first
0: because these people probably, when you're young, you often don't know, you no. know, in your teens and whatever, if you're 18 19
1: no that's right absolutely and particularly we're, we're touching on on sports stars because they've actually spent an awful lot of their their hours in their life of, of fine-tuning and mastering a skill to a very high level at a very young age and being told so much by so many other
0: people around them and never getting a chance to hear their inner voice and learn learn about themselves and again these these kids who are who are you know being grown up in really high toxic environments at home They've never had the luxury either of just sitting quietly in the sun, you know, for an afternoon, being a child, having a childhood playing and finding out what their interests are and their likes and dislikes and healthily being able to have boundaries or stand up or shout at home without a terrible consequence. You know, they're not able to explore the full parameters of their being. So, so a lot of these are kids who whether it looks really positive like someone's been brought up as a sports star or whether it's really negative for somebody who's been brought up in a really dysfunctional household, either way, they may not have ever had the luxury to just sort of grow into themselves Awkwardly and stumbling at times, the way the rest of us do through the school system, through our childhoods and our teenagehoods. But you know, at least the rest of us get to kind of make our mistakes either not in the public eye or not with
1: horrendous consequences, like get a black eye. You know what I'm saying? That's true too, isn't it? That absolutely is true. I feel that this is about starting to create a gentle new life for you. So is it about Give yourself some time and sit in a bath for half an hour. Just sit there and just start to fantasize positively about a different world that you would like to live in. It's about just gently looking at what is it that shifts, what shifts would you like to make. And so often that when we're caught up in the whirlwind of wanting this external validation, when we have those quiet moments, our intuition actually does scream at us. It does actually say, actually, this doesn't feel so good. And as you start to connect with that feeling of this isn't starting to feel so good. That might sound like a negative thing, but that's actually a beautiful positive thing because it's your intuition starting to guide you towards something that is a little bit more authentic, that's going to be sustainable long-term, that is going to give you greater peace and happiness and clarity. And so get quiet and start to really question what brings you joy, what doesn't. And if you're, if you are quite a spiritual person and you are someone
0: that came from a pretty screwed up background, there's a technique which not a lot of people know, know a lot about, but it's out there if you look for it on the internet and it's called rebirthing, uh, or breath work. And it is a way that you can go back and literally reprogram your body to retell the story. Uh, you know, as in the the cellular memory, your body right from in utero is holding on to so much trauma and pain from your younger years of all the stuff that mum was going through when she had you and then all the dynamics that are in the household that you were soaking up and then all of the struggle that you had to go through to get out of just surviving as a kid until you could stand on your own two feet and get away from all of that stuff and then go off and kind of blindly repeat it unless you caught yourself. Um, rebirthing and breathwork is a way to go back and wipe the slate clean, process, grieve and totally get rid, like cleanse out all of the yucky stuff that's all built up inside from those early um, formative experiences and then Really, really go back in and recreate another story for yourself. One that, you know, your consciousness doesn't even really need to believe this, but it's almost like your body believes that you're actually reprogramming your whole system with a whole different history or or a more comfortable, healthier take on on the real history that you had. So it's just another
1: technique I thought I'd put out there, Jane. I haven't actually experienced that technique, but I am I am familiar with people that have, and absolutely a powerful. It's life It's a very method. very life changing one, and I've
0: even had friends who've gone who aren't very spiritual, and they everyone gets quite dramatic results out of breath work.
1: I'd really really recommend it. One of the lovely things is that you don't actually have to be a believer for it to exist and work.
0: Everyone can breathe. Like <laughs> a, if you can breathe, you can rock up and do it. <laughs>
1: And I, I think, can I just touch on this is getting a little off track, but if you've got a beautiful child who is showing huge talent in a particular area in their life, please help them to remain balanced through this. Because again, as I, I have shared before, I was very blessed with, with particularly my mother who was so ahead of her time and she managed to get my brother to be very balanced. So while he went on and was successful as a footballer, he also was a scientist and he went on and I think he was one of the first full time Football players to actually go to university and get a degree at the same time as well. It is possible. You can help your children to be balanced in many different ways body, mind, emotions, soul, spiritual.
0: Absolutely. And we care a lot about children on this show, don't we, James? We do. We're always trying to get the mums and dads to be really conscientious in their parenting. So it's giving me <laughs> tips for me to keep going and hopefully do a good job. But I also want to touch on before the show ends today the phenomenon that when So, if you're in a partnership, okay, and you're mirroring to each other, and as Jane said, you're on the law of attraction, you've magnetized into each other on the law of attraction because you're both feeding something that the other person needs, you know, you're both balancing out some kind of universal dance that's going on here. And if one person begins to quite actively work on themselves, if they really begin a process of self-discovery, of self-work, and of genuinely changing their thoughts, their actions, their behaviors, of course, one of two things is going to happen. Either the partner that you're with is going to respond warmly to this journey. They'll pick up the ripple effects of what you're starting to put out, and they will just have to. You know, you'll force the change in them as well for the better. They will, you know, evolve and grow with you, and you'll end up an amazing couple as, as a result of it. Or they will drop away. Okay, and it's fascinating in Robin's Nor in Robin Norwood's book when she talks about, you know, the the dutiful martyr wife who has you know, stuck by a man's side for 30 years while he's been in the penal system or, you know, the the drug addict, the meth addict or whatever. And often when these people are finally find the right psychologist who gets them into Al-Anon or into, you know, Overeaters Anonymous or gets them into the drug clinic or whatever it is, and they they actually are ready for their aha moment and they begin to shape up their life, you know, shift stuff, the partner she well, it's often well, it's mostly women in Robin Norwood's book, but she can't handle it because all of a sudden this person she's she doesn't know how to get her hit of validation if she can't be the carer anymore and if she can't be the one that you know get gets the self worth off being being the martyred dutiful wife because all of a sudden Bill's standing on his own two feet and he he doesn't need her to prop him up all the time, then she actually has no idea what to do so she will break away very quickly disappear and go off
1: and find another man. Who meets her pattern. I see the same thing has played out in the sports arena where the women who have married a man because of what they can bring to her sense of self-worth, what happens when his career is finished? Fascinating, isn't it? There are so many divorces that occur, so many. What happens when somebody marries you because of what you can provide and not who you are? what happens when you can't provide that any longer because there are no guarantees are you always going to be a, a high profile uh, athlete are you always going to be a very wealthy um businessman what about injury are you oh, correct that's right life changes for all of us all the time and so it is important that when you select a partner that you're selecting them because you you really have a connection with who they are and that they are selecting you for the same reason because external validation is a house of cards waiting to crumble. That's right. So, if you are someone who particularly was in a household
0: um, where somebody was an alcoholic, um, they actually term this uh, that you are a co-alcoholic because it because it's that you know the dual relationship where the two prop each other up and hold each other, whether it was you and your mum or you and your dad or you and your brothers or whatever it was. And so, they do have um, you know Alcoholics Anonymous for. People who aren't alcoholic would have always been around alcoholics, for example, and this is where people can sit together in group therapy and really have light bulb moments about the way they have been patterned and programmed to always be the carer, to always be the helper, to always put their own stuff aside, to love too much, to love in a it, it, to an extent that is just so unhealthy because all the love is going out and there's no two way flow. There's none coming back in. As in they're not, they don't know how to fill up their own love tank at all. So they, they, those sorts of support groups is, are very, they're just crucial for understanding the role that you play when you've been brought up in a certain toxic dynamic. So you can have a very highly evolved degree of self awareness around your patterns and your behaviors.
1: I didn't know that. That's a
0: fabulous mm, service
1: to have on it. offer.
0: Well, I know that it's in the States. So. I'm going to presume that the same or similar types of support networks exist here in Australia. And, and wow, well, that's great. Yours. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Because the co-alcoholic is just, needs just as much attention as the alcoholic because they are the ones who have been so emotionally damaged by, by the process, through the process.
1: Yeah. And it wouldn't be just restricted to alcoholics, would it? I would imagine. I would imagine, imagine there not. would be any sort of dependency, addiction or dependency. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's fantastic. Yeah. I had a bit of an aha moment there. I think that's a wonderful service to have on offer. Very good. Nice to hear that the support services are progressing.
0: So women who love too much. If you are a woman who loves too much, the bottom line is you've got to love yourself. And I know you don't want to hear it, and I know you don't get your hit off it, and I know you have no idea probably what that looks like or feels like or how to even begin because you're probably the sort who can't even look in the mirror without thinking how much you hate yourself, and that is why this is the most
1: important thing you can ever do for yourself in your entire life. Jane? I think we need to do a podcast on all of the different tools that we believe can help you to love yourself we've touched on lots throughout the podcast but maybe just do one episode that covers off on that scene because it it is the one thing that I know that if you listen to our show
0: regularly you know that we always come back to you ad nauseum and I know that it can get repetitive but it's just because it is like I said I think it was last episode it is the only building block you only need one to navigate this entire reality and it is the building block or the foundation stone of self-love because if you don't know how to put it into yourself, you can never properly love another, you can never properly attract in the sort of love that you deserve. It's going to affect your parenting. It's going to affect your confidence in everything that you go out in the world and do with your career, with your own children, with everything in life. It clearly permeates every single area of who you are. So if you can get this right, you have won the whole battle. You are playing the game.
1: I always say that there are only two emotions in this world. There is fear and there is love. If you're coming from fear, you're blocking love. So face your fears, get to love push through it you can't
0: go around it you can't go under it you can't avoid it you can't push it down you can't self-medicate with food cupcakes drugs aspirin whatever it is if you're feeling pain it's because there's fear there and you have to push through it and look under the bed at the demon and realize that when you stare it between the eyes it's usually not as bad as you thought it was and getting out to the other side is such relief and feels so much better and more empowering We are at the end of our show. We could talk forever and we do. Okay, you can join us next week on The Couch for Love Life. It's free every Wednesday and continue the conversation after the show on Facebook. I'm Rebecca Detman. I'm Jane Donovan. Have a gorgeous week. See you later. Life is perfect. I'm not trying. It's just happening. And it's a beautiful thing.